We must return with Sharae to the Stargate immediately. Why? As long as the gold within her sleeps, Sharae shares its memories. So? So so what? It would be of great strategic benefit to have access to the Goal genetic memory, even for a few days. What? Welcome to another episode of Stargate Weekly. I'm Thad Haight. I'm Stuart Hollis. And this week, we are going to be talking about Stargate SG-1, Season 2, Episode 9, Secrets. Well, we would, but we can't tell you about it. We can tell them about it. We just have to kill them afterwards. Right. So, our synopsis from TV Guide. Mm Mm-hmm. Daniel reconciles with his twin brother, Friedrich, after discovering that his wife was pregnant with his... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was reading the synopsis from a soap opera, because it's a soap opera episode. So was last week. I know, two in a row, it's no good. Jackson and Teal'c return to Abydos, where Jackson learns his wife is pregnant with the child of Apophis, and a reporter threatens to print a story about the Stargate program. Yeah, so the Stargate wiki's synopsis is very verbose so i'm not even gonna read it good the the tv guide one was fair enough but like i mean like especially like while writing out the synopsis and then watching the episode again it's like oh god it's another soap opera episode yes seriously and i think the last soap opera episode was better Hmm. yeah i i would all hmm i'm also trying to decide like which one has sort of like a better long-term payoff well this one yeah, this one does. And, I mean, because it does go as, like... Because it introduces one... This episode introduces one of our favorite recurring characters, so... Yes. Obviously, it has a bigger long-term payoff. Yes. I wasn't even thinking about him when thinking about the long-term payoff of this episode. I was thinking, like, more... Of, I was thinking on the Daniel side of things. Mm. And, hey, there's that murdered reporter that has no payoff at all but you would think it would yeah i they're still trying to figure out what they're doing with the show apparently like do we want to have this Nah, never mind yeah the only time he's mentioned ever again is in citizen joe Mm -hmm. when uh dan castellanita mentions uh mentions him uh, at some point but that's it like it never this storyline never comes up again or anything because, hmm. I mean, it doesn't really count in Citizen Joe because that's a clip show. Gotcha. Okay. So, here's a piece of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. When they were dialing the gate at the beginning of the episode, they were actually dialing the address for Abydos. Were they? Oh, yes, they would have been, wouldn't they? Nice! But, yes, that does lead us to the point that, uh... <laughs> yeah, so our episode opens up with, you know, Kasuf tapping on the camera and being... 
you know, all up in the camera's business. The first appearance of Kasuf on the TV show. No. He was in the first episode. Was he? Yeah, because Daniel tells... Wait. Was he? I don't think he was. Did ta- Daniel... Nah, nah, nah. Daniel just told a bunch of, like, the Abaddonian kids. Yeah. Skara was in the first episode. So there was there was a link to the movie in the first episode. Right. But this is Eric Avari's first appearance on SG-1. Okay. I was so sure he was in the first episode. Oh, by the way, interesting bit yes. of trivia for you. They actually dab- dialing Abydos? <laughs> okay. So, obviously, Eric Avari appears in both the movie and the show. Yes. And another actor who does is Alexis Cruz, the actor who plays Skara. Those are the I only know two. Alexis Cruz is. Okay. Those are the only two characters that appear in both the movie and the show played by the same actor. Now, there are two other actors who were in the movie that also appear in the Stargate franchise. Can you name them? Oh, hold on. I'm thinking. No. Okay, well, one is French Stewart, because he was in an episode of Universe. Ah, yes, he was. And the other is Richard Kind, because he was in two episodes of Atlantis. Yes, he was! I was... I was going to jokingly say French Stewart. Because you had forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten that he was in an episode of Universe. And I would never have said uh, Richard Kind in jest or otherwise. But I had to like, yes, yes, he is in Atlantis. He has the little personal shield thing. Yes, he does. Yes. And he has the thing that makes everybody love him. Yes. No, that symbol isn't anywhere on the device. <laughs> Show him. So, yeah. And obviously, he was also in the movie. That's a nice little. That's a nice little factoid. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's like a solid trivia question. It is. Yeah. So I, I did like the one, you know, sort of dig at movie O'Neill made by yes show O'Neill. There's another O'Neill. No sense of humor. No, that was good. So at the risk of dredging up an old conversation, what's up with the? arrangement of the rank pins on their shoulders because dear god in heaven (laughs) because hammonds as you pointed out and finally explained to me what what you were talking about are on the shoulder line but jacobs are not they're point they're looking arranged towards the person standing in front of them in front of him Sort of like Carter's captain's bars. Hmm. I mean, it's a subtle thing because because they're ever because since they're five pointed stars, they kind of look like they go both ways, but they're slightly off on one way. As you know what I'm saying? I suppose so. Could you send me a picture? Did you take no, a screen grab? I didn't. You didn't. You're a bad person. Okay. Uh, no, I can't explain it at all. Okay. Um, that's odd, and you're, uh, I guess, focusing on the wrong things. What you should have been paying attention to is how did Sam not recognize the back of her dad's head? I was wondering that. I mean, there pro- he probably wasn't the only bald Air Force general in the room. No, he certainly wasn't the only bald. Right, he, he was, was talking, talking to, to one. one. <laughs> but I suppose, yeah, I mean, I suppose they've been ex- estranged for a while, so... I don't think they were estranged 
No, Sam and her dad weren't estranged. They just didn't talk much. Uh, Jacob and Sam's brother are estranged. Okay. They were just, you know, busy professionals living in different parts of the country. Right, but apparently not so busy that he can't pull a few strings to get try to get his daughter into NASA. Yeah. Which, from his point of view, was a totally cool thing for him to do. Yes. Okay, so here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone is a member of the SGC. Yeah. And they go through the Stargate a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But they never at any point actually set foot on a spaceship even on ground, let alone, like, ring up to one in space. Could you say they've been to space? No. The question is, is that cooler than being in space as an astronaut? Oh, that's tough. They're both pretty dang cool. They're both awfully cool, but at a certain point, it kind of feels like Walking to the Stargate is equivalent to just, like, I'm just going to go down to the corner market if you never actually go into space. In this case, though, the point is moot because Sam has been in space. Yes. That was... She was in space when she was helping save the world. Yeah. Yeah, and she got the air medal. Plus, I think you can count it as space-ish, space-adjacent, just the other week when they went to the planet with no atmosphere. I mean, she was in a space suit. Right. But, but... I'd call it space adjacent. Yeah, okay. I'll allow yeah. space adjacent. A space No. We're not doing that at all. Okay. Uh, so, they're there in Washington, mm-hmm. our nation's capital. Yes. So that they can receive the air medal from the president. Mm-hmm. So, when the air medal was first created... Uh, I looked this up. I, I don't know these things. When the air medal was first created, it had this like set criteria. Um, so first of all, it is for like meritorious action while in an aircraft, mm. uh, or aerial flight. I think is like the exact phrasing. Um, I, I don't know how much has this changed since it was first created, but certainly when it was first created. That's what it was created for, and it like it literally had like set numbers so it was like if you're in the air force and you do a hundred missions of no combat you get the air medal if you do like 10 missions with combat you get the air medal uh if you are part of a bomber crew that blows up a ship you all get the air medal the president gives these out no if like if you are like the gunner and you shoot down a plane, you get the air medal, but the rest of your bomber crew doesn't. Uh, maybe the pilot does as well, but it's like it it's it's pretty low level. It is below the distinguished flying cross, which okay. is why this is the first time you've ever heard of the air medal, and you thought it was made up because I yeah. thought it was made up. I thought it was too, but yeah. So it was basically like like and. Like, after you had a certain number of these, you kind of were, like, automatically qualified for the Distinguished Flying Cross, so people would literally compare how many air medals they had against other people to determine, like, so it's like, how many Distinguished Flying Crosses and air medals do you have? We'll see who's really more valorous. <laughs> yeah, it odd things. Uh, the rules since changed because, effectively, it was, it was like it was meted out on a scorecard practically, uh, according right. to the Wikipedia article I was reading. Like, it literally called out the word scorecard. And then, like, people who had gotten it then would, like, fail in other aspects of being a 
Air Force officer and a gentleman, and so like it either had to get retracted or who knows what. But it was just like the scorecard thing got abandoned, mm-hmm. and I think that rules have been relaxed somewhat or definitely shifted since it was created in World War Two. But it, still, it, it it's a fairly low level medal to hand out for having saved the world, mm. and it's a really low level medal for the president of the United States to hand out. I don't care what the circumstances are for, like, why it's getting handed out. It's, like, a weird thing. Now, here's a thing. Or a question. Okay. I will try to answer. Are these medals a matter of public record? The air medal? And the circumstances? Yeah. That, uh, maybe. Is that possibly why they aren't giving them a super fancy one? I feel like at that point, just screw it. Just don't give them one at all. Mm, that's a that's a good point. Like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe it's possible. Like, if you get like a higher level medal, they have to have like a. But they're part of a top secret program that costs seven billion dollars a year. Right. They can just make up something for the reason why they got the Distinguished Flying Cross. Yeah, that's fair. Even though they, none of the stuff they had done involved flying. Right. I mean, that's how they escaped, but that isn't how they blew up the motherships. Right, but they're in the Air Force, so... Yeah, and hold on a second, Jacob Carter, as in. Uh, when the Air Force was this country's first line of defense? When was the Air Force ever this country's first line of defense? I mean, the the Air Force was in charge of the Strategic Air Command, who was, you know, making sure those damn dirty Ruskies didn't uh, launch missiles at us. But... And that's what he was talking about, because he mentioned the. Cold I guess War. that must have been what he was talking about, because he, t- yeah, but still, like that seems a little strong. Yeah, I would agree with that. Isn't this the guy who later is recommending against putting Air Force stickers on things? Yes, 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 multiple times. I know. Also, this is, I think is the only time Jacob Carter is ever referred to as Jake. Yes, once and never again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those are my two notes. Uh, wow. <laughs> Jacob Carter being referred to as Jake and the stars on his shoulders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this reporter guy. Yeah. Tell us about this reporter guy. Okay. Well, his name is Armin Selig, and he somehow has a lot of information about the Stargate program. Like a lot, a lot. Like, I'm not sure what you want me to tell you. I was just hoping for some fun, but you're apparently... I don't have any fun. No, ma'am, we at the FBI do not have a sense of humor we're aware of. Heh. Uh, yeah, so he um, corners Jack in a bar. Oh, I do actually have a thing to say about this. Say When it. we see Jack and Sam walking down the steps, mm-hmm. and Sam says she was there for two years. Don't worry, sir, these are my old stomping grounds. Sorry to hear that. But when the reporter plays back the recording, Jack says, My condolences. I was so sure that he did say condolences both times. I might need to take a look at it again, but I can't. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going through the DVD riff again just because now I don't trust myself. Please remain on the line as we value your call. Yes, upon further analysis, you are correct. It is, I'm sorry to hear that, and then my condolences. Rewatching that clip did remind me of something else I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack doesn't exactly navigate his way across the galaxy. 
or around it. Uh, yeah. Walter navigates it by pressing the buttons on the thing and saying that the chevrons are locked. Walter doesn't really navigate either. The Starcades do that all on their own. Yes, that's also true. But it's more Walter than Jack. It is. Even though there was no Walter in this episode. There was, in fact, no Walter in this episode. Real dearth of Walter. I wonder if there was, like, a write-in campaign during season two. Right, because we had no Walter. We had, like, fake Walter last week. Yeah, we had Walter's understudy. Yeah. And this week we just have nothing. Yeah. But did you notice that both Mayborn and Kenzie got name-dropped in this episode? I did. Yeah, good times. I can't remember if Kenzie shows up this season at all or not. I know Mayborn does. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't remember either. Um Hmm. But we'll get Mayborn in Touchstone. Yes. I like Touchstone. Yeah. So let's talk about Sharae. Let's talk about Sharae. First off, did you probably knew this, but our listeners may not, and for all I know you don't. Uh the actress who plays Sharae was in fact pregnant with Daniel Jackson's with not Daniel Jackson. Michael Shanks. <laughs> with Michael Shanks's child because she was his wife at the time. Hmm. Did they meet, like, on set when they started filming? Or had they already been married? That I don't know. Doesn't matter. But she's also the... Michael Shanks will later... They will later get divorced, and Michael Shanks will marry again. And and his... No, Castmate, yes. His, yes, and his second wife will also have a role on Stargate. Yes. Although they will... They actually met on a different science fiction show shot in Vancouver. <laughs> Thanks for narrowing that down. Well, you can cut that part out, then. Cut what part out? Exactly. Uh, so I thought that nothing of the host survived. Hmm. You know, we keep saying this, but I don't think we yet know... Or, no, Chlorel said that, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, short, like shortly after Scara regained control, I think. Or just before. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we, we have been introduced to nothing of the host survives. Also, I, I, I like to I'd like to we have absolutely entered different forehead symbols for different ghoul territory now, because Harrowers Jaffa have shown up twice and they have had that same symbol. Yes. Man, how like kind of like weird sounding was Harrowers like main Jaffa dude? It's a little weird. Like it, it sounded like almost familiar, but maybe just because he sounds like a radio announcer. A little bit. Yeah, but it's been a while since I've listened to radio, so. Well, you know, video killed the radio star. Yes, and then I think YouTube killed the video star. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what killed YouTube, but I look forward to it. Yes. All right, so. When Share has the baby, because we're talking about Share right now. Mm-hmm. Well, first we're going to talk about Daniel. Not going to. He's not going to be fooled again. Yeah, he's certain that he is certain that she is still a gold because yeah, we've been down this road before. Well, I mean, not only is he certain that she's still a gold, she is still a gold. Right, but he's certain that she's not actually in control, and that it's the gold pretending to be her. Right. Okay, so so she's telling us that the gold has gone to sleep because otherwise the baby would be stillborn yes but what about origins like she was all ghouled all the time but that baby was already born oh 
Damn it. But that's a good point. That is, uh, and that, when we talked about Origins, I did mention that they had a callback to this where they talked about the Harcesis. Yes. Was it Teal'c who said it was a Harcesis, or was that Share? Did anybody? I think Teal'c did. Okay. They definitely talked about how it would have the genetic memory of all the gold. Yes, and then and then Daniel was faced with this kind of like impossible choice of, you know, if I bring Sharae back with me, well, she's a ghoul, they're going to want to study her, and then the kid is going to have the genetic memory of the ghoul without being a ghoul, and so they're going to definitely want to study it. And alternatively, she goes back to Apophis, and Apophis exploits the child. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's exploitation all the way down. It's lose-lose. Yes. Yeah. You know, you got to feel for the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he loses his wife. He, you know, she she reappears, but he knows that it's not her. And then, like, well, maybe maybe there's a chance that it could be her. You got to feel for the guy. So this is the episode where we learn that Shawray is host to Amonette. I thought I I was. She's just called his queen before. Man, I definitely felt like that was, again, information that we got in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly enough, uh, it ties in well to the title of the episode, because Amanet in ancient Egyptian means secret. Nice. Yeah. Like, that was just one, that wasn't really one of the secrets that this episode is about, I don't think, but mm-hmm. it's sort of a nice little thing. The Harcesis, the Stargate, etc., there were a bunch of secrets Almanette's name was not really one of them. No, her name was not a secret. Her name is secret. Mm. Keep it secret. Mm. Keep it safe. Yes. Getting a little fantasy in the sci-fi there, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So still on Share and mm-hmm. Daniel and Teal'c and all them. After she gives birth, Teal'c comes in disguised as a Horus guard. Yes. To take the baby so they can leave a false trail back to Heror. And we get another... We get something else that made me think of last week's episode, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and in this case, it's that Teal makes the Horus Guard helmet like fully retract into nothing. Why couldn't they do that for Jack last week when he was wearing the Serpent Guard helmet? Yeah, I don't know. You know? Like, what, they just pull this effect out for Teal, I guess? I think we've seen this with the Horus ones before. Like the full retraction? Yeah, I think so. Outside of the movie? I thought we saw it in Thor's Chariot. I could be wrong, though. Okay. Speaking of the movie, this is yet another reuse of the ship landing on the pyramid. So here's something else I was wondering if it was a reuse from the movie. The very first shot when they get to Abydos of the pyramid and the moons. It might be. Yeah, I wonder. I hadn't realized that the... Yeah. I hadn't fully realized that the ship landing on the pyramid was a reuse. It looked a little bit different. Um, although, I mean, they it does do prove... that shot. Yes. And it does prove Daniel Jackson's theory that they're landing pads for alien spaceships. It does, in fact. Yeah. And if he could ever write about it, people would, be, would know that he was actually right all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would write that he was right. Hmm. So at one point, Teal'c says, and then I'm going to talk some more about Jack and, and Sam. Okay. At the end of, uh, towards the end, of Daniel and Teal'c's time on Abydos, they're talking with Kasuf, Mm -hmm. which gives me to another point. Good father? Um, I'm guessing it's Abaddonian for father-in-law. 
Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was thinking, too. Because then he calls him Good Son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Although I wrote Stepfather in my notes, but I knew what I meant. <laughs> anyway, so they're telling him that he needs to find a nursemaid for the baby. Or Kasufa's saying, I need to find a nursemaid for the one baby. One who is strong. But then Teal says, you must find one whom you can trust. Is that the correct construction? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. That okay. is perfectly grammatically cromulent. Excellent. So did you notice how not woke Kasuf was? He's just ordering his daughter around. Yeah, I did. He spent all that time with Catherine, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she was rather strong-headed. Yeah, and Kasuf didn't have his memory wiped, so he should know this. Not that we saw. Yeah. 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 Wasted opportunity. <laughs> Ugh. So... Is this going to be our thing on Stargate Weekly? Like, every episode we're going to mention that we don't like Origins? No, we didn't mention it last week, did we? No. Okay, fair enough. I yeah, just... so not... So, I mean, it's going to be a thing. Oh, but yeah. I think it's going to come up... I think it's going to be something... It's going to be like the death count, you know? It's going to come up as needed. Yeah, and in this episode, it really... It makes perfect sense for us to talk about Origins, because this episode... Half of it takes place on Abydos, much like Origins. Yes. Okay, I lied. I wasn't done talking about uh, the Abydos stuff. Okay. I swear, I'll get back to talking about Sam and Jack. Mm. Although, really, the only two things I want to talk about with Sam and Jack are... Jack is apparently one of those, I'm going to keep wearing my sunglasses long after I should have taken them off of my head after I've gotten into the building kind of people. He's done that before. Yeah, I just don't like those kinds of people, but I really like Jack, and so I'm torn internally. Indeed. And secondly, I did like the... General? Captain. General? Waiter? Yes. <laughs> Not quite as good as... Not uh, quite Atlantis. as good. Colonel? No. Colonel? 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 <laughs> Colonel? Colonel? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was good times. Yeah, which you know, which is like just like such a like a great spin on the doctor, doctor. Yes, but back to Abydos because I feel like that's where like where like the real meat of the episode was. What little there was in this episode, I feel like I was more invested in the Earth storyline. But yes, yeah, but I feel like more interesting things happened. You, I mean, you probably felt more invested because oh look, Jacob Carter. But that's fair. The Abydos side, you know, we had some cool stuff. Like mm-hmm. remember. The enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand. Mm. Except he then pushed a button anyway, so Sergeant Zim was wrong. This is true. I also noticed that they've become very fond of their disintegration effect. <laughs> a little bit, yes. And then the last thing that I want to say is Apophis' hat is really dumb. Apoph. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay, so in... Other languages, the Germans are returning to form here and going literal with Sharae's return. Okay. Yes. Two on the nose. A little bit, yes. The Italians call it information leak, which, okay. Well, that's half of it, yes. The rest say secrets, although the Hungarians say top secret. So, hmm. I mean, I suppose in a sense, information leak can also apply to the Harsesis. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yes. It's like an unintentional leak. Yes. Ish. So this episode was directed by Dwayne Clark, who has not directed anything else in the Stargate franchise. Okay. Who was it written by? Terry Curtis Fox, who 
wrote uh, quite a few episodes and was an advisor for even more episodes in season two. She was apparently just part of the writer's room in season two. Excellent. Uh, she also wrote Prisoners and Out of Mind. Which one's Out of Mind? Don't think we've got... Uh, it's the episode at the end of the season. Okay, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a funky episode. I really like that episode. Well, we'll have to look forward to it. Yeah. I like it because it, it has the standard sci-fi... It has a standard sci-fi trope, but it does it well. Yes. Yes, I, I, I enjoy how it handles it as well. But we'll talk about that more in a couple months. Yeah, about that time. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We literally can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to Secrets. Like, literally can't tell you. We'd like to tell you. Yes, we would. We just can't. Yeah, maybe if you follow us on Twitter, we can. You can check out the show at Stargate Weekly, where we mostly just talk about the episodes and sometimes retweet Stargate stuff. Or you can follow Stuart on Twitter at Gamicus. You can also check out Thad on Twitter at Tyrannicus. He's all about letting loose some secrets there. It's true. I tweet quite a bit. And you can also reach out to us via email, stargateweekly at gmail.com if you have lots of thoughts. If you if you just can't get enough of this, you can check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer, which is at Delta Flyer Pod on Twitter, uh, where we talk weekly about uh, Star Trek Voyager. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, that's our show. Yeah. Seriously?